Pastor Ray Bentley with insights today on how God delegates responsibility. If he trusts you with something, he then steps back, waits, and watches. Even though he's from a distance, the king knows everything that is going on with every resource that he has given away and is watching to see if you will be reliable with that which he has entrusted you with, even in the little things, especially in the little things. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. We've heard it said that God will not give us more temptation than we can bear. On the flip side, God will not bless us with more responsibility than we've proven we can bear. If we're faithful in the little things, we'll be given responsibility for bigger things. Let's learn how to be wise stewards of all God wants to give us. Well, let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. And now we pick up in verse 11. It says, Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So they had a hope and an expectation, and in particular, the disciples, they were thinking, wow, Jesus is going to get to Jerusalem and the kingdom will appear in that way. Well, as we're going to see in a moment, the king was returning to Jerusalem, but there would be a little different outcome. There was actually, Jesus was coming to deliver judgment, and the kingdom uh, would only be able to come internally into the hearts of those who would receive him as Savior and as Lord. So Jesus now wants to explain to the disciples what's going on. We read in verse 12, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas. I'm reading from the New King James. Uh, King James has talents, 10 talents, probably what you're familiar with. But literally it is 10 minas and said to them, do business till I come. I love what uh, the King James, how it describes it. Jesus said, occupy till I come. What does it mean to occupy until Jesus returns? It means to be about the Father's business, which Jesus always was about his Father's business. So the king has gone into a far country. He says, in the meantime, I want my servants to be about uh, the Father's business. In verse uh, 14, it says, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. All right, let's, let's hold there for just a moment. Jesus talks about the kingdom. Here's what the kingdom of heaven will be like. The king goes to a far country. In the meantime, he gives uh, 10 talents or 10 minas to his servants. He says, I want you to do business on my behalf. They are the master or the king's talents. He gives it to his servants. He says, take this, invest it for my kingdom, for my property, for my interests. 
and I'm coming back at a future date. And when I come back, I'm gonna have an accounting and I want you to be able to give to me what you have done with the investment that I have made with you. So in this parable, Jesus is explaining this is kind of how the kingdom will be. But in a sense, Jesus is, for that generation, the returning king. And I want you to think about it in this way. Because Jesus, when he finally comes to Jerusalem, is like the king or the master who has been on a long journey. He is the second Moses who is now coming to see what Israel has done with the word God had invested uh, them with. Now think about this. In this parable, Jesus says, the servants of the king were given 10 minas. We'll talk about what that means in just a moment. But when God was their king, when, when the visible glory, the Shekinah of God was visible there, what 10 minas or talents had God given to the nation of Israel on Mount Sinai? What are they called? The 10 commandments. The Lord had given them his word. He had given to them his will. He had given to them 10 precious investments. And then he had now waited some 1500 years. Now the king is returning to say, what did you do with my word? What have you done with my revealed will? Have you been faithful? Have you been responsible? Have you been obedient? Have you invested in following me and obeying me and walking with me and bringing my glory among the nations as I have called you to do? And so as the king is now returning to Jerusalem, it is the Lord God in Messiah King who is coming for an accounting of the nation to the very capital of Israel, Jerusalem, and whether or not there will be rewards or whether there will be punishment. So God had made this tremendous investment into the nation of Israel and giving to them the Ten Commandments, and they're literally 17 miles uh, from Jericho to Jerusalem from that day of accountability where the Lord will say, what have you done? Now, look with me in verses 16 through 20. As the parable goes on, we are going to see the heart of what Jesus will find in Jerusalem. It says in verse 16, uh, let's begin with verse 15. And so it was that when he returned, so now the king has finally come back and he has returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. So this guy had multiplied 10 times what had been given to him. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful and very little, have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. And likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Then another came saying, master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. Now, let's stop there for just a moment. One servant's investment returned tenfold, another fivefold. The last had no investment at all. And I wanna just bring out three very quick things that we can learn about uh, the Lord's investing in us. Everything that he's given to us, everything that he's given to you and to me. Number one, this speaks of God's trust. The Lord's trust, the King's trust. Whatever you have 
has come from the Lord and to whatever degree that God has blessed you, whatever he has given to you, he trusts you. Isn't that a weird thing to think about? Constantly the Bible is, talks about faith, have faith in the Lord, trust in God. And what's ironic to me is, the, is not the Lord God who is holy and perfect the only one worthy of trust in the entire universe? And yet he struggles to get human beings to trust him. And yet God, who is glorious and holy and perfect, says, but I know you inside and out. I know your failings. I know your flaws. I know your vulnerabilities. I know your weakness. I know your anxieties. And yet, look, I trust you with this. Every relationship you have is a trust from God. I trust you with this relationship. Every child that God has given is a trust from the Lord. Every friend that you know is a trust from God. Every person that comes into your life and is an acquaintance even is a trust from God. Every gift, every talent, every material possession, every resource, God is trusting us. And what's interesting is he gave them the money and then he let them use it as they could and as they thought best. The master leaves. He gives them absolute freedom to do with that which he had entrusted them with. They are free to do as they wished. And may I say, this is the way that God trusts us. It's very open, it's very free, it's very giving. He trusts us, or should I put it this way? He entrusts us. We have to, you know, it depends on how we will uh, deal with it, but that gets into number two. The second thing that we learn about the Lord's investment in us, the king's trust is also a test. It is always true that a trust is also a test. If he trusts you with something, he then steps back, waits, and watches, even though he's from a distance, the king knows everything that is going on with every single talent that is his and every resource that he has given away. And he, though he is distant, knows all and is watching to see if you will be faithful and if you will be reliable with that which he has entrusted you with, even in the little things. Even, not only even in the little things, especially in the little things. And I would say that one of the mistakes that we make too often is that we minimize little things, thinking that, well, it's only, it's little things. I don't have, I don't have a great calling on my life. I don't have great responsibilities. I don't have great resources. I'm just an average guy or an average woman and I have little responsibilities and I have a little authority and so forth. And so it's not really that important what happens with all these, because my life is so little and it affects so few people. Nothing could be further from the truth. In the eyes of God, the way that you minister and relate and interact with one person is as important as if your decisions and actions affected the lives of a million people. They're exactly the same to him. One small talent, one small material blessing is to him as though you, he had given to you the kingdom itself. It is precisely in the little details that God is most 
testing us. Will you be faithful with, well, I, you know, and most people saying, well, it's just a little bit of fudging, a little bit of cheating, a little bit of holding back, a little bit of, you know, compromise, a little bit of, I'm not perfect after all. And yet what God is waiting and what God is watching for and what the king is looking for is who will be conscientious even in the smallest detail, in the slightest thing, in the littlest detail. And the great example of that is none other than our Savior Jesus Christ himself who spent 30 years of his life in the smallest non-consequential village town called Nazareth. 30 years. And his job was a, it wasn't a big job, it wasn't a powerful job, he didn't oversee thousands or millions, let alone even hundreds. He was a simple carpenter in a very small village of northern Israel in Galilee. In fact, Jesus spent the vast majority of his life doing little what outwardly appeared as non-consequential things. And yet, it was the Messiah's absolute attention to detail, his faithfulness, and all those little tasks of being early the head of the home, as Joseph probably died when he was young, shortly after he was 12 years old, providing for the family, carrying on the carpentry shop, being a faithful son of the father, walking with God, being a faithful witness in the community, waiting until that calling at 30 years of age. But it was because he paid attention to the little details. Had he not been faithful in the little things, he could never have been the savior of the world and done the miracles that he had done for those final three years. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a true teacher of God's Word. I had found my church home with him. I just wish I'd gotten to know him before he passed. However, he taught me to love the Bible, which I am thankful for. I know that Pastor Ray is in the most glorious of places now. Pastor Ray's messages continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. And so we find that the king does give to us a trust, but that trust is a test. And the third thing that we learn, number three, is the beautiful king's reward. And the rewards that are given are not something that they could just, you know, sit down, enjoy by sitting down and folding their hands and doing nothing. In fact, as he begins to reward them, uh, and, and here's what we see as he gives them, you know, 10 cities, five cities and so forth, the reward, the, the reward for work well done is more work to do for the king. Isn't that interesting? Okay, if you've been faithful and you, you did good and you did well with your work, now you get more work. How many think that's exciting? <laughs> but actually, this is one of the greatest compliments. To reward a faithful, diligent man or woman with even greater tasks and even harder responsibilities. And what that ultimately means is 
More friends, more relationships. I want you to know this. The reward of going from small uh, to greater, from the lesser to the greater, is all about the multitude of relationships you have along the way. It's not just being in charge or being in great responsibility. It's the friendships and the relationships that God multiplies in your life as you are faithful with a few. God's reward, his great reward to the man or woman who passes the test, if I may put it this way, is more trust. If you are faithful with the little bit of trust he places in you, he will trust you with more. And ultimately, the little trust that he has is the few people that he surrounds your life with and he watches, will you be faithful? Because really, the Ten Commandments are ten principles of relationship. The first four dealing with our relationship with God and the final six dealing with our relationships with one another. And if you are faithful with the 10 to a dozen people that are around your life and and give attention to that detail to love God and love them, God will multiply the number of men, women, brothers and sisters that he will give you the privilege of working with, getting to meet and getting to know along the way. So look with me in verses 20 through 25. It says, and then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. And here's what the king said to him. Out of your own mouth, I will judge you. You wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put your money in the bank? that at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has 10 minas. But they said to him, master, he has 10 minas. And then Jesus goes on to conclude. We'll hold here for just a moment. The wicked servant excuses his behavior, his mismanagement, if you will, by falsely judging the king or the master. And what this really shows, his prejudice comes out. He reveals something, what he thinks about the king, the master who is really the king. And here's what he really thinks deep down in his heart and it doesn't come out until after the king returns. And what he says has been true of his whole life. I don't trust you, therefore I did nothing with the trust you gave to me. And he hands it back. Well, now the king, what can the king do with that? What the lack of trust, you're not fair, means that, that let alone whatever else he did, which he did nothing, there's no relationship, number one, between the master or the king and the servant. So how can there be any multiplication of other blessings and other relationships and other building of those friends in this man's life, so that even that which he has is finally taken away. May I say the accusation you are not fair is the very accusation of the devil toward God from the very beginning. To live your life saying you're not fair cuts you off from God. And to make the accusation to your brother and your sister, you are not fair, I do not trust you, you've cut yourself off from the man or woman made in the image of God, you will end up alone and then lose your own humanity and your own image that is made in the image of God. Let me put it in this way, another kind of analogy to try to take this uh, idea and bring it to a modern equivalent. The equivalent would be 
a father giving to his son a paint can and a paintbrush saying, son, my, my wish is for you to go into that room and paint the room. No, I'm going to go out and do some errands. And when I come back, I would like to see the room, uh, this bedroom painted. So the father goes out, does some errands. He returns home. When he gets back, the room is not painted. And the son replies with something like this. Well, I knew you wouldn't like my paint job anyway, so I just kept the paint can and the brush in the corner. There is no trust, there's no relationship, and he used that lack of trust to do nothing. And so why would you give him anything else to do when he didn't do the very first thing that he was asked to do? So again, as we look at these final verses, 26 and 27, Jesus says, for I say to you, that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Here's Jesus Christ, the returning king, coming to see how well the servants have been performed. And We're going to see as we move on, Jesus as the Messiah, as the King returns triumphantly into Jerusalem where he will find out those who have been faithful and those who have been unfaithful. The unfaithful majority of the nation are gonna lose even what they have. Their nation's taken away, their city's taken away, their temple will be taken away. Those who have been faithful, the disciples, will be given cities. Initially, cities to start planting churches and the kingdom of God, Ephesus and Philippi, Corinth, and on and on as the kingdom begins to be planted. So the one who has is the one who has been faithful with a few things. The one who has nothing is the servant who has not been faithful in the little things. And so in closing, let me just say this was true of two very famous leaders within the Bible, David and Moses. Start with Moses. God took Moses and he put him into the wilderness after he had (laughs) run his life in his own way. And then he gave him a little flock of sheep. And Moses was faithful out in the wilderness with a little flock of sheep. And God watched how faithful Moses was with a small flock. Moses was so good with that small charge that God said, now I make you faithful over all the children of Israel and over all my people. He then took a young boy named David and watched him. And while David was faithful with a small flock of one family, God watched and said, now you are faithful and I give to you all my flock, the children of Israel. God is watching how you handle the little sheep that surround you. Do you love them? Do you care for them? Do you provide for them? Do you bless them? Do you pray over them? Uh, Do you take them into the presence of the Lord, lifting their names before the throne of your Father in heaven? and therefore that he might entrust you with even more. Amen. Great insight from Pastor Ray Bentley about our stewardship responsibilities from our studies in Luke chapter 19 today on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled Faithful in the Little Things. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.